1: Hey, people, hello, and happy, happy day to you. Hoping you are well. I am well, I'm good, I'm great, blessed, glad to be in the land of the living. That tells me that I still have a purpose, that I still have work to do, (laughs) that there is a reason for my being. That's right <laughs> a reason for my being um i i I won't be uh chris I believe is listening, and um he's on he's on the other end listening, but I won't be um having him chime in uh too much tonight. he's a little under the weather, so I'm asking you all to keep him in your prayers. I will certainly be uh, applying my nursing skills to his uh tender loving care after the show <laughs> make sure he bounces back and uh shakes this off this little bug that's trying to grab a hold of him um so so he's he's here but he's not here if you understand what i'm saying um i will i do have a special guest that's going to be joining me tonight and um I know that time just runs by really, really fast if I don't pay attention to it. So I'm going to kind of jump right into tonight's topic. Um, If I had to give the topic uh, a title, I think I would call it um, What God Has Joined Together, Let Not Man Put Asunder. And if I had to put it in a category, I I would have a hard time doing that because I think it fits into all of the categories that we like to um, to to draw from and use on this show. And those categories are life, love, and trauma. And my guest's story fits into all three of these categories she 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 talks about a little bit of each of these in some way or the other so um I thought that she would be a fitting guest for this show um I think that her story is is uh, very inspiring at least it was to me it was very um it just blessed me it just blessed me to hear her story I want to tell you a little bit about Miss Tiffany uh, I met her Several years back, actually, I was trying to do the math and I'm not exactly sure, but I think that it was around probably 2011, somewhere in that time frame that I met her when I was ministering at um, Liberty Christian Center in South Dakota. That was the church of my um, good friend, um, Pastor Amika White at the time. Uh, Tiffany was attending uh, Liberty Christian Center, and um, I didn't keep in touch with her uh, since I was just a guest minister at the time, even though we are partners with them. I was a guest minister at the time, but just a few weeks ago, um, I was talking to Pastor White, and she told me that some great things were happening in Tiffany's life, but before I get into that, let me tell you a little bit about Tiffany. Her bio here says that she is originally from Little Rock, Arkansas. She joins this, joined the military service at 18 years of age. And she began her travels around the world. As well as her spiritual travels. She grew up in church. Uh she knew God and had a good foundation at that time but faith was loosely practiced in her home as a result of this in her teen years and early adulthood she fell away from God Um, through her military travels and her military experience uh, She came to rededicate her life to the Lord. Um, That is also when she met her first missionary. Um, She got filled with the Holy Spirit and delivered from um, various uh, issues in her life. Um, All of these were events that God used to begin her Pilgrim's Progress, as she began, um, as she began her own family. So, at that, at this time, let me see if Miss Tiffany is with us. Hello, Miss Tiffany. Hi. How are you?
2: Great. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm so glad to have you on the air with us tonight.
3: Yeah, I'm happy to be
1: here. <laughs> Did I do okay with your bio? <laughs> yeah, it was wonderful. Great, 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 great. Well, I'd like to welcome you on our our show. You are the second guest uh, of the new year for us, so we're very happy to have you. Thank I would you. like to invite you as well as our listeners to join us for a cup of tea I decided to go with chamomile tonight. I didn't want anything that was going to, you know, keep me awake. I try not to do the caffeine thing anyway, but I'm doing chamomile, vanilla, and honey. You got your tea tonight?
3: I do. I did um, peach and a little bit of chamomile.
1: Ooh, that sounds like a good combination. So you should be nice and relaxed, yes?
3: (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and I'm doing one of my other favorite things, drawing. So <laughs> I'm in a great mood.
1: <laughs> great, great. Hopefully, we can talk a little bit about that. But I'm telling you, um, when we talked the other day, um, it was just wonderful hearing your story. And I mean, we—you just took off. You just took off like a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> out of a rabbit hole I mean so I I don't think that we're going to have any trouble covering ground tonight but um I was thinking as I was preparing for the show that it might be good if we start off talking about how your life was uh, growing up tell us a little bit of something about your childhood how your life was growing up can we do that
3: okay I um of course i was born in little rock arkansas Uh, my dad was military and my mom was a military wife so we moved around quite a bit um we settled in little rock because my dad's family and some of my mom is from little rock and so and that's where i was born so um that was our home and um we went to church on and off we had a you know a foundation every kid you know goes to sunday school they go to church, they get popped, you know, if they talk, (laughs) or if they're playing games or not paying attention. Um, So we, you know, I was in the choir, the children's choir, so it was kind of like a normal uh, church upbringing, but um, the faith was kind of loose. It was more um, kind of a practice of Christianity, Um, but when you got home, you know, Monday through Saturday, it was kind of anything goes. They were still um, brought up to bring me up morally, where I knew the difference between right and wrong, um, and, you know, little sayings that people say, God don't like ugly, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. little stuff Mm -hmm. like that, Um, but it was just kind of uh, anything kind of goes, so I kind of follow in pursuit with what I was seeing, not just hearing, but what I was seeing, you know, at home, Um, kind of examples kind of speak louder than words, actions speak louder than words, so I kind of follow in pursuit after what I saw.
1: Um so, mm-hmm. what denomination was this? Uh, what church what church did you grow up in? What type of denomination?
3: It was um Baptist, Southern Baptist. Um Well, I, I, excuse me. I say um Baptist, and it wasn't and it was in the South, but it wasn't like a title of Southern Baptist. Uh, we'd sung hymns. It was very um kind of country. <laughs> um Like Mm -hmm. the floorboards in the church, you know, all the older people, they would sing with no music. They believe in instruments and we definitely play. But it was kind of like when you hear like the old church, that Uh was
1: an example
3: of this Baptist church.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. So um, there was a foundation, but um, like you said, it was kind of like a a loose, sort of a loose uh, approach to it all yeah yes okay, so according to your bio you you start approaching your teen years you you start growing up and um <laughs> becoming a young lady and and what began to happen that caused you to uh fall away from God.
3: um I still went to church, you know because mama made me <laughs> um but all the kids in the church. Um, and including, you know, the kids that I would meet at school, of course, they were doing other things. And so um, eventually the other things became louder in my heart than the voice of God. And so in the background, because you can never, if you grew up in church, you can never truly just shut it completely out. Um, So you can still hear it, you know, in the back of your head, but it becomes quieter and quieter and quieter. And the things of the world become louder and louder and louder. And before you know it, you just... You know, you don't go to church at all.
1: Mhm, mhm. Okay, so that's what you mean when you say that you you fell away from God, huh?
3: Mm-hmm. I um joined the military at 18, and so I moved away from home. We had uh, um some problems and different things at home, so I was kind of the kid that was like, you know, I'll join whatever gets me away from here <laughs> and mm-hmm. the furthest away. Um, So my first base was Washington State, so it was really far away. Um, My mom mom and dad, they had, you know, been broken up, and uh, they went their separate ways, and so I was kind of made up in my mind, all right, well, then I'll go my separate way. um, Hold it.
1: Hold that thought. Hold that thought. We will be back after the break.
0: Has the tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Equipping the Saints
4: Ministries. Our mission is to equip and mature the people God calls. To do the things they are called to do with confidence and boldness. To create soldiers for the army of the Lord and to impact our communities. We are home based in Waldorf, Maryland. If you would like more information, you may email us at etsministriesinc at gmail.com or write to us at ets. Post Office Box 72, Waldorf, Maryland, 20602. If you are not local, you may participate via conference calls, and we can make information available to you by email, E-T-S. The Story of Me is a captivating and inspiring account of a woman able to overcome incest, physical abuse, abandonment, and neglect, to find a second chance at happiness. It is a story for those who have been rejected, who have dreamt and fallen short, who have survived traumas such as molestation, rape, or incest. The Story of Me is very inspirational for those who may find themselves in Jones's story. You may purchase your copy of The Story of Me online at authorhouse.com. This show's host page, amazon.com, or any of the major bookstores. The Story of Me.
1: right people uh this is minister diane and i have my special guest tiffany let me make sure that i say this name right um cologo yes miss tiffany cologo and we have already taken off we have taken off and her story has already gotten interesting so miss tiffany pick up where you were just talking You left home, you were trying to get as far away from home as possible, and uh, you were going to say something about your mom or something. So pick up right there.
3: Um, My mom and dad had split, and it caused a little bit of uh, division between uh, my family life. And so, and there were some uh, things, you know, going on beforehand. But uh, in the end, it just kind of caused me, um, I felt like since everybody else went their own way, then um, I was ready to go my own way. And so I joined the military and moved halfway across the United States to Washington state. And there was nothing in me that was afraid. I was excited to meet this new world and my new job. And um, I fell into like, just kind of a world of uh, sin. I don't know another way to say it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. it was like, country girl meets city girl. And I've traveled all around the world, so it wasn't anything that bedazzled me. It was just, um, you know, I'm away from home. I'm away from people, you know, telling me, oh, you got to do this, you got to do this. I'm completely on my own and making decisions on my own. And being so young, it kind of makes you even more vulnerable. So um, I kind of I went, I looked for a church home, um, and I didn't find it. I didn't find, like, a church family and so, but I did find some friends, and so they were into, you know, everything. They didn't really, um, I don't even think we had conversations about God. Um, and so little bit by little bit, I was already just fully immersed in the world. Um, but you could still hear, you know, the little voice in the back of your head, like, stop, don't do that. Stop, don't do that. It just gets mm-hmm. even fainter and fainter and fainter. Um, and then I beginning to drink, and so... Um, I tried smoking, but it really just didn't take. Um, and that was probably for a purpose. You know, it's like it kept falling out of my hands. It's probably the Lord slapping it out of my hands.
2: <laughs>
3: uh-huh. <laughs> That's really why
2: I didn't work
3: out. <laughs> I ended up embarrassing myself more than anything.
2: Uh-huh. Um,
3: and so I met um, just my the friends. They kept phasing out because, you know, military people PCS. And so, you know, they got even wilder and wilder and wilder. And, you know, before I knew it, I was... Um, Somebody I didn't even know. And I met a guy that was, um, well, I had a couple of relationships, but um, one guy in particular was really awesome. And I was going to marry this guy. He was like just hot stuff to me. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And my mother, she had came and she had visited me. And I wanted him I had like made the decision in my mind I'm like okay this is the one and I, I was completely out of the church I even told I like prophesized over myself before I even knew what prophecy was I was like you know I just stood up in the car well not stood up but kind of set up in the car and was like I think we're all going to hell <laughs> oh no oh, <laughs> on the way no. to like the club mm-hmm. I just set up <laughs> out of nowhere <laughs> and so um, but we were all we all were like And the reaction was, well, I'm a Christian. And I was like, well, yeah, I am too, but I think we're going to hell. (laughs) And they were Uh like, well, I don't believe that. I think I'm going to heaven, one of the other girls said. Um, And I was like, "Mm, no, I think we're going to hell. And then they just stopped it because I wasn't letting it go. Um, And so that was where my mindset was. It was like, well, I'm a Christian because I confessed it when I was eight, got baptized. But everything, my lifestyle, everything was not, you know, okay with God, and it was not um, a Christian at all. But uh, because of the way I grew up, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm saved, but one saved is not always saved. And so I was completely out of uh, God's house and God's love. Well, not, you never too far from God's love, but um, I was pretty much living an unsaved life. Um, well, uh, my mom had came up, and I met this guy, okay. and I wanted him to meet my family. And so um, he refused because I think he already knew what type of guy he was. I just wasn't accepting it. Um, mm-hmm. But I think every lady, you know, God has gifted us with some type of in like insight or discernment. And so you begin to know when this guy is lying and when something's just not quite right with this guy. And, you know, your heart just can't put it together, but something is wrong. And so I got these feelings with the guy, but, and I would, you know, ask him, he would always have an excuse. I always have something. So I was like, okay, well, whatever, you know, every relationship has issues. And so um, I think the first red flag was when he didn't want to meet my family. And I was like, my mom is up here and you don't want to come and meet my family. And so, uh, excuse me, my mom, she noticed it. And um, I think I was like maybe 19, 20 and my mom was like, out of nowhere, she was like, baby, he is not the one. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm
3: laughing now, but being 1920, it really kind of hurt my feelings. And it was like, and me and my mom, our relationship was off and on. Um, but she knew, and I always say that it's like what the Bible says, that parents have um, a really good Discernment on their children and on the spouse that their children are supposed to be with. My parents have always been right about every single guy I brought home, a hundred percent of the time. And so, um, mm-hmm. not y'all listening,
1: young folks. You listening, young folks. Even some of y'all adults <laughs> need to be listening to this. Go ahead.
3: <laughs> and I know, you know, not every parent is, uh, you know, right altogether in their mind. And so, and every child knows, okay. You know my mom and dad you know they're not morally correct here and they you know they have these issues or have that issue so there comes to a point where you do have to choose god's word over you know your parents unfortunately mm-hmm. not every parent is a parent but for mine in this area they were a hundred percent correct um mm-hmm. and so i had no fear in trusting them in that area and i didn't listen of course be being 1920 and i was like whatever um but something in my heart did and we because the relationship ended up the same way my parents said that it would, and so of course that grabbed my attention, was like, "Oh my goodness, I will never not listen to them again <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. but
3: um my parents um or my so my mom said that we still uh ended up you know talking, but it was a lot of arguing, it was a lot of nonsense, a lot of drama um and I had even um, moved in with this guy, and it just, I moved out within a week, and it was just, it completely did not work. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and my dad, he tried, I think, to say, you know, I don't think he knew what to say, but he, when I said I moved in, he was like, absolutely not. And so, you know, with our relationship the way it was, off and on, it's like, well, you know, it doesn't really matter, I'm 18, you know, so... <laughs> But, um, I mean, the relationship went exactly the way they said it would. And so it ended um, very harshly. It ended on Christmas. It was either Christmas or Christmas Eve, but this guy did not care. And so um, I ended up getting orders to Honduras, and my heart was so broken. I completely threw away my Bibles and was like, you know, God, I'm so done with you. I don't want to be a Christian anymore. Mind you, I wasn't really a Christian anyway because I wasn't living for God. And so, but I was like, God, I'm done with you. This is your fault. This relationship ended because of you. And, you know, whatever. I'm just, I'm so done with Christianity and being a Christian and I'm just done. And so Mm -hmm. I got ordered to Honduras, went to Honduras, and I had met a girl who was a Christian and she was going to church. She, you know, kind of one foot in one foot out but her faith was a little bit stronger than mine to the point where she was like let's go to church and I was like well I'm a Christian because I had to like you know prove something to her at that point and I was like okay well fine then I'll go to church too and I think I said it just like that was <laughs> like, well, okay fine then I'll go to church uh-huh. so um I went to church with her and it was a uh, pastor he was really down to earth he was from Jamaica um By birth, But, you know, he was, like, Jamaican-American. And so um, he didn't have – it wasn't a traditional church. It was more of, like, a meeting, like what you would think of, like, a Bible study. It was at his house, um, and it was a lot of us from around the base. The base was really small. It was, like, a small population of Air Force people um, and Army people and some other people. So it was, like, a very – it was a large variety of us. And we were all in his house. Um, And I just, for some, whatever reason, I learned from this guy. And I think it was because he taught on my level. He taught, like, just basic so I could understand it. Um, He was young himself. So I think he was just able to speak. We were able to speak the same language. And I was able to understand him. And um I ended up going to church more and more and more. And I ended up, uh, my friend, She, you know, was still going to and from uh, the club and all of that, and I was going with her. But the more I started to go to church, the more my heart became tender. And one night, I was by myself. I would never forget. I was watching um, a movie. It was um, by T. Jakes, Woman That Are Loose. It was like a soundtrack or something, some type of a concert. And so... um, We got
1: about a minute before the break, Miss Tiffany, okay? Okay. And
3: so... um, Well, just really quick. The Lord, um, by myself in this room, by myself, I heard a voice say, get down on the floor. And so I didn't listen to it. And then um after I kept hearing it a while, I got down on the floor. And as soon as I did, I just had this miraculous experience with God. Um, God reached in my heart. He took whatever was in there. He literally stopped my heart. My heart stopped beating. And he took whatever was in my heart out. I could feel his hand, like ripping something out of my heart and as soon as he let go i was like
2: god is real <laughs> mm.
3: and i just start crying i started repenting i was like i'm so sorry i'm so sorry i'll never do those things again and i just i didn't even know where repentance was i just like lord i was raising my hands mind you i've never seen this stuff before um i just just kind of just went up by itself what <laughs>
1: hold that thought hold that thought i'm holding my breath i think we're about to come up on some music here in a second now wow oh we got 10 seconds <laughs> all right well i'm feeling this i'm feeling the the, the uh powerful moment that that uh, you're describing so when we come back you'll continue all right
0: Tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. (laughs) A
4: black nurse. This narrative is about the struggles of being a black woman and a black professional in a society bound with racial and gender bias. She has hopes, dreams, needs, a purpose and aspirations, but faces constant opposition to fulfilling these basic human requirements. Like so many people of color before her. she achieves some measure of success, but her success is minor compared to what she must do to achieve it. It's time for a change. Get your copy today from authorhouse.com, this show's host page or any major book retailer like amazon.com A black nurse. <laughs>
1: Hey, people, I hope you're holding your breath. Uh, I'm ready to continue Miss Tiffany's story. I forgot to tell you when I introduced her that Miss Tiffany is a wife, that she is a missionary, that she loves the Lord, and she is telling us the story of how um, she came to this point in her life. So pick up where you left off you're sharing with us this powerful experience about how God made himself real to you again. Your, your, your hands are in the air. You're crying. You're just saying, you know, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Pick it up right there.
3: Um, and so finally, when I caught my breath, I got up off the floor um, and just kind of sat there because I didn't really know exactly what happened. I was like, am I dead or did God kill me for a second and bring me back to life? Like what just happened? So I called the pastor and I'm like, pastor, you pastor, God is real. And guess what just happened? I repented of my sins and and I'm just going on and on and on. And he's like, Oh, okay. Well, congratulations. God bless you. And because it was at nighttime. And so like, it happens every day for him. And I'm just like, but when you don't understand God is real. And he's like, well yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so i like, Well, okay, good night. <laughs> and so um the next day of course he, you know, began to explain and said you need to, you know, get baptized again and I was like, Okay and so I was like I've been I was baptized already and so he explained the whole thing with rededicating your life back and, you know, gave me some good teaching and so um from that point on I was just hooked. Like, I just wanted to know everything about God. It was almost like being rebirth for real. Everything was new. Everything was fresh. Um, and it took, you know, it was a battle. It was like ups and downs and ins and outs. Um, I think what helped a lot was from assignment to assignment, there was always something new that God had. It was almost like a journey. I don't know if anybody's ever seen Cousin's Progress. It's like one of my favorite movies. But every place the guy went in the movie, it was like a um, something spiritual happened to him. And so it was mm-hmm. kind of like that with me, like the spiritual journey with God. And every place that I went, I was literally spiritually assigned there as well as physically. I met mm-hmm. new friends, new people. They had new things to teach me about God. I got um, filled with the Holy Ghost. It was something we had prayed about when I um, got re-baptized, but it just kind of never happened. And so I was mm-hmm. kind of sad. I didn't understand. But I just kind of trusted God and just left it up to him. And as soon as I got to my next assignment, I got filled with the Holy Ghost and um, got teaching on that. And I just felt the love of God all over me at that assignment. Um, and I got I started to be introduced into the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And Now, now where, is, this, is
1: this Pastor White's church or is this still? You haven't got to that yet.
3: No, I haven't gotten to that.
1: <laughs> okay, well, we've... I'm, I'm, I'm totally engrossed, but I don't want to, I don't want us not to get to that point, And I certainly want to be able to talk about some of the things, you know, how, how the Lord brought your husband into your life. But if we can't finish it all tonight, we can have you come back. Is that a possibility too? Oh yeah, no problem. Okay. Okay. i just, I'm like, I I want to, I want to get all this in here. Okay. So, so keep going, keep going. We haven't got to Pastor White's church yet. Okay.
3: So, um, so, yeah, I just felt the love of God. God began to heal my heart from all that brokenness, from all those relationships. Um, he began to teach me. I was surrounded by marriages and um, children, and I got introduced in the children's ministry, and um, I got to watch these wonderful women and men of God that were with their husbands for 20, 25 years, and it just, I really, I was like a sponge, and I just soaked it all up, and it wasn't just, you know, hearing, because everybody can talk to talk, but can you walk the walk? These people were definitely doing both. And so hmm. it was just wonderful. Um, a, a lot of women were there. Every marriage Bible study, I was right up in there. And I got taught, that was the first time I got taught about courtship and the difference between courtship and dating. And so I knew right away that that was something I wanted to do. I wanted to do courtship versus dating. And then hmm. I got to uh, Prophetess White Church and then got into deliverance.
1: hmm now we have to pause and i have to i have to let you expound a little bit on courtship versus dating can you can you expound um, a little bit on what you mean by that what, what what's yeah. the difference
3: um courtship is something that you know the people did back in the day like our grandmothers and grandfathers um courtship is more where you set a date for marriage and you work up to that marriage when you meet the one that you want it's kind of like Um, Isaac and um, Rachel. No, I'm sorry, Isaac and Rebecca. Um, When Isaac was ready to get married, he then began to search for a wife, not a girlfriend. Dating says, well, I'll try you out now, and if I don't like you, I'll throw you back in there. I'll try somebody else. You may, you Mm. can come in here and live. We'll just, we'll try this. We'll try that. I'll touch you. You know, but you're not Mm. really serious about each other. You're not even thinking about marriage. It's more of like a um, on the wind kind of thing Where courtship is you're ready. You have a house. You have a job You can take in someone else in your life. You are emotionally healed You are ready to go to bring up a family and you begin to look a man Begins to look for his wife according to what the Bible says and that's exactly the way Isaac and um, Rebecca That's what happened with their relationship in the Bible. So that's kind of like courtship and dating okay.
1: the short version Okay. <laughs> Great, great, great. I think that was great. Okay, so you learned about courtship versus dating, and, um, and you got into deliverance. I think that's the last thing that you said. Um, explain what you mean by that.
3: Um, Deliverance was, you know, even though I, you know, had been baptized, I had repented, there was still some sticky stuff that was still kind of in my soul that I didn't even know was going on that was there. It just, uh, the Holy Spirit just wasn't flowing the way he needed to in my life. And so I met Prophetess White and Pastor White, and they began to minister um, prophetically, and I began to, you know, be educated on um, some spiritual hindrances that you can have, and it could be stuff that you did by yourself, or it could be things that your family did, and things that were in your uh, your bloodline. And so I began mm-hmm. to learn about how to rebuke stuff, how to declare the word of God over your life, um, not to be around certain stuff because it has certain um, spiritual attachments to it. So my faith began to go in even deeper into more of a spiritual um, mindset, and more of a I think more people have heard of spiritual warfare and so that's what I began to enter into for deliverance. Mhm. Okay, so and learning kind of how to resist the enemy, huh? Um kind of just to be set apart from um my the sticky stuff that was kind of still in my heart.
1: Right, and learning how to recognize when you're when you're being attacked and learning how to resist those things, you know, not to just remain a victim to those temptations, right?
2: Mhm.
3: Yep.
1: Okay. All right, well, this this is good. Okay, so now you've met Pastor White, and um, I think when we talked, I made a note here that she um, also reinforced uh, some teaching about how young ladies don't need to do crazy things to attract their husbands. Um, you mentioned something about um, Pastor G. Craig Lewis's teaching that also helped you. I think there was a particular series that you um listen to do you want to do you want to talk about any of those things um because
3: yeah, um i had i think by the time i got i was already praying for my husband in wong um but then by the time i got to south dakota underneath their ministry i was really you know seeking the lord for a companion i wanted somebody to spend my life with you know i didn't need anything i had a good job i had a good place to live i had a car all my stuff was together so I didn't need a man, but I wanted a companion, and I wanted a family of my own. And so I began to seek um, God for these things. And so um, she had, uh, she was bringing us up as single women, and was teaching us how to be a single woman in the Lord. And I love her ministry, or their ministry, it was both of them, um, because they didn't emphasize just because we're single we need to be married. It was more, you have a calling, you have a purpose in life, you're single, you can focus on that 100%. Your focus is to God because you're single and you can do that. Use this time wisely. And so she brought in the Z. Craig series, and he taught about, I think it's called The One, um, and it talks about waiting on that one and how God chooses that person for you and how it is the man who searches for the wife, not the wife going out to find the husband. And Ah. so I really, I'm sorry.
1: Okay, keep going.
3: Oh, and so, um, and so I really uh, began to really listen to, not just hear it, but really listen to what he was saying. Um, it matched up with the word of God and what we were already learning in the church. Um, and one of the jokes that he cracked, I thought it was hilarious. He was like, "You don't have to put on all this makeup and all this perfume. Bees and wasps are following you to church. <laughs> it was like, you can just relax
2: <laughs> and
3: be worried about your own purpose, your own destiny." And God, when it's your time, He will you know, send someone for you or to you, or He'll open that door. You don't have to force it open. You don't have to put your number in the uh, little what do you call it, collection plate. like <laughs> some of the you know things that women do when they when they're ready for um, a husband. Um, wow. so that was it. <laughs> I like
1: the fact that <laughs> G. Craig does he does bring some humor into his teaching, but I like the fact that he said, You know, you don't have to have uh, so much perfume on that the bees and the honey, uh, the bees and the wasp are (laughs) following in behind you. I like the fact that you talked about um, creating a list. Let's see. I think I wrote my notes here that you actually created a list. Along with one of the other sisters in the church of what your desires and your needs were in a husband. So, um you can start talking about that list uh, before we get uh, cut off for the break. How about that?
3: Okay. um, me and that uh, because we were learning how to be single, um, and we were learning about the power of prayer, um me and some other ladies of the church, we began to um write lists of what we were looking for in our husbands and our mates. and um we um I began because I was delivered, I could see clearly on things that, were good things because sometimes you don't really you're not really attracted to what god has for you all of that stuff has to be cleared out of your heart and changed in your mind so you can begin to want and desire a man that is truly holy and so hold it hold
1: it hold it hold it you got to say that again i'm sorry you got to say that again (laughs) those things Um, have to be cleaned out of your heart and mind say it again
3: Yeah, things have to be cleaned out of your heart and mind so you can begin to desire things that are holy, so you can be attracted to the man that God sends you to. A lot of times, God God will even tell you that women don't like good men, and they're 100% right. And so all of that stuff has to be delivered out of you so you can begin to be attracted to holiness, righteousness. So we won't be like, oh, he's such a goody-two-shoes. There is nothing wrong with that. That is excellent. Put him down for husband count number two or something like that,
2: you know, so I began to write hold
3: on, attributes. hold on see.
1: I love it, there's the music we'll be back
0: <laughs> has a tragic past shattered your future or your now don't let it This is I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these.
4: Millions of people are sexually abused each and every day, not just by rape, child molesters, or pedophiles, but by choice and through lifestyle preferences. Who would enjoy being raped again and again? In any major bookstore. Overcoming sexual
0: abuse. This is the Toginet Radio Network broadcasting quality programming to the world. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer, Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Tricia will dig deep at the topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Start Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on Tugginet.com.
2: Thank God I am free. I am free.
0: Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal, it's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on TogiNet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones.
1: All right, people, this is our last segment of the hour. I have Miss Tiffany Kaloga on as my guest. She is a wife, she is a missionary, and she is a woman who loves the Lord. Miss Tiffany, you had me laughing before we went into the break, but that's because I was loving it. I was loving what you had to say and how you had to say it. So now bring us, bring us out of discussing how we need to have our hearts prepared You know, I can relate so much to what you're saying because I walk this very same thing, but we need to have our hearts prepared to even be able to receive the husband that God intends for us. And so this is where you left off at.
3: Yeah, I begin to um, make a very special list. Um, And one of them, because I was already led to practice abstinence until my husband comes, Um, Uh that was like number one on the list. You would have to respect that. And then he would have to, um, because I do courtship, he would have to respect that as well. And so that leaves off, like, it's almost like a, um, like something that kind of sifts through all the nonsense and just leaves the ones who are really pure. And that's what you want. Practicing abstinence is almost like a weapon against nonsense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love so guys, it. You're waiting on the Lord, and the roaches scatter. And you're like, bye, see ya. You open the door for those because you don't want none of them up in your house and up in your life. And so Mm -hmm. um, uh, one of the things on my list was um, I wanted a guy who was patient. I wanted a guy who was good with family, um, who loved family because I wanted to, a family of my own. I didn't want a guy who was lazy, who didn't want to take care of his wife and his kids, who didn't want to, you know, stay at home and be a part of the family. I wanted him to choose God as number one because I can't be number one. I can't fill that spot. So God is number one. And then I'm next in line and, um, so on and so on. So there was, those were a couple of specific things that I had asked God for, um, and so um, I ended up going to mission school and my husband, he ended up being there as well. And wait, so, wait, 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 wait.
1: Um, where was the mission school at? Tell us where was where was this at? This was in
3: It was in um, North Carolina. So I went from um, I had gotten out of the military by then active duty and I was in Arkansas and um, I was praying for my own destiny and what to do now. I wanted to go full time um, into the church. And so I prayed, and God had led me to North Carolina um, for a mission—a small mission school out of a small local church um, in North Carolina. And so um, there I met um, the man that was soon to be my husband.
1: Okay. Now, for some reason, why did I think that that was in Turkey? I got that wrong, huh?
3: Oh, um, there was... Um, before I left uh, Prophetess White and Pastor White, the last one of the last things they said to me was that, because I didn't want to leave, I was going to get out of the military right then and stay with them, but they had already prophesied that I would be married and that my husband was on the way, and to don't be concerned about um, a couple of things. And so I was like, I took it to heart. I was like, okay, I was really excited. I don't remember everything they said, but that I remember. <laughs> So um, they said it would be a foreign place, basically. And so I was like, oh, okay. And they said, don't be, you know, uh, disheartened by, like, differences. And I was thinking he was going to be white or something. So I was like, okay, I'm open. They, that's what they were telling me to be open. So I was like, okay. okay. And then I went to Turkey and ended up coming back to Arkansas.
1: Okay. So you went to What Tur- Mission School was in North Carolina and in Turkey? Or that no, was Turkey was, was just part of your tour in the military.
3: Yeah, it was kind of my exit.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. So then now let's see. Um, I'm looking at my notes here. You met. Let's see. Not. Uh, tell us how you met your. Tell us how you met your, husband then. Your now husband, but. He wasn't,
3: um, so we were in um, mission school, and um, he didn't really speak uh, really good English. And so he stood up, I'll never forget, he introduced himself. He was like, he said his name and where he was from. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and there was like completely nothing there. My mind was set, I'm going to Africa. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to Haiti. I'm preaching the gospel. That was what my mind was set on. A matter of fact, preaching the gospel in Africa wasn't even there it was more of South America and Central America because I was already spoke a little bit of Spanish so I was like yeah I'm ready to go so my mom was like completely far from marriage at that point um and so um we had uh we were introduced and um we were partnered up for me to be his tutor. And so um, my heart is, all. as a woman, your heart should be kind of uh, strong against men. And so, and it wasn't, you know, um, there wasn't anything there. I was open for love and open for my husband, but because there's so many, like, roaches out there, you got to, you know, harden up your heart a little bit so you don't get <laughs> get it stumped on or be foolish. And so I don't just give my heart to anybody or even open it up to anybody. So, um, he had said he had said something <laughs> that I that I thought, cause I could see a little bit, and so I'm like, I think this guy likes me, and so I kind of shut it down like immediately and was like, basically I'm your sister in Christ, don't even go there. Like, <laughs> and he was like, I wasn't talking about that, and I was like, oh okay. So he was kind of like, well this girl has an attitude, I don't like her, like, and I was like, whatever, I don't like you either, and so we. <laughs> We uh, were friends. Um, and so I would help him with his English. And then I ended up going to Haiti. Um, and God began to, you know, loosen me up a little bit. I was a little too tight, I guess. So There were some things that happened in Haiti that made me a little looser. And so by the time I came back from Haiti, I was like, oh, hey, you know, I missed you. And I didn't mean it like, oh, you know, like any more than a friendship. But for whatever reason, that opened his heart up. And so we spent more and more time together. Um, we um, ended up, and I ended up liking him more and more and more. And so finally, you know, he asked, he was like, okay, so, you know, what do you think about us? And I was like, mm, no, maybe not, you know, no. He was like, okay, well, I'll just leave you alone then. And so there was, like, this silence. And I was, like, you know, looking at my phone, like, okay, is he going to, you know, call or text? or? And so I started to miss him. And so I was, like, um, so I, you know, call, I called him back. It was, like, well, or text, hi, you know, um, so how's everything? And and so it kind of hit off there. When I started to miss him, I knew I was in, like, like where I liked him and it was like, okay, you know, this guy's pretty cool and, you know, I kind of want more of him. And so I think that was kind of the trigger there, wanting more of him, wanting more of his time and wanting more of his interest. And so finally he was just like, hey, you know, I'm interested in you being my wife. And so I wasn't scared. I just kind of sat there, I thought about it, and it was like, okay, (laughs) okay. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, you, God might say you're the one, but I'm going to test the living daylights out of you. you got to prove yourself to me. Like, um, but I was totally okay with it. And it's the way that he said it was the exact words that I had wrote on my paper on my list for God. It was the abstinence thing and the courtship thing. And mm-hmm. so I was like, okay, um, all right, well, let's begin. <laughs> Basically is what I was thinking um, and so it kind of. You were telling
1: me, um, hold on, you were telling me how this was exactly what you wanted a man who was looking for a wife, not a girlfriend. And, yeah, and when so he said those that was words so sorry. to you. Huh? What'd you say? I said, and when he said those words to you, that you were, you were kind of shocked because it was exactly what you had written and and requested of the Lord right
3: (laughs) yeah he said exactly what I had asked and it was uh, me and the Lord have a very close unique relationship and so the picture of my list popped up in my head with a little Mark box off and I was like what and it was so profound I even asked him did somebody tell you to say that
2: Yeah, yeah. See, and that's I what like, I remember. Uh-huh. I, I
3: just put my hand over his head just to see if the anointing was there and I could feel it. I was just like, who told you to say that? And I kept asking that. Seriously, who told you to say that? Did God tell you to say that?
2: Uh-huh.
3: And he was just like, well, I just, I just felt like I needed to say that. And I was like, okay. And I said, now if I those, the very first words, like, I grilled them. Like, I was asking them all these questions, and I just let it go. I was like, all right, you know, we'll see what you're about. And so that's where we began.
1: Now, we only have about two minutes, so I know we're not going to get to wrap this um, up completely tonight. So let me just first say we'd love to have you come back and finish this up. Okay? And then I want to let you... Um, take this out how you think that we should leave the people hanging. <laughs> I'm gonna put that in your lap to say what however you whatever you wanna say so that we can leave the people hanging and wanting more for the for the final interview, okay?
3: Okay. Um well, it was the beginning of the courtship, but everybody knows when God sends you something, the enemy will fight. Uh he'll send every attack your way and by the end of it you're like know what? maybe this isn't from god and so um it was a fight you know from the moment that um i said okay the moment that he said okay uh, so it was like let the fight begin
2: Hmm.
1: Hmm. wow you know um this is just i don't know i i just to me it's kind of like a, a love story it's kind of like a <laughs> a deliverance story. It's a, it's a God story. It's like it's got everything wrapped up in, in one here, and I'm loving it. But, folks, we will have to continue this uh, and have Miss Tiffany come back. So, um, in the meantime, just know that all things are possible with God. Okay? All things are possible to them that believe, and he can make your crooked path straight. He can give you the desires of your heart. If we serve him, if we trust him, if we love him. Till next time, good night.